Hi guys, this is Laura Ribka with this Sports Effect, and today I have Trey Brokaw, who is the head women's cross-country coach at the University of Akron. Um, so happy to have you on today, Trey. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thanks so much for joining us, Trey. Um, can you start off by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, and any other information you care to share? Sure. So I'm the uh, head women's cross-country coach at the University of Akron. I also serve as an assistant coach for track and field. Uh, overseeing the middle distance and distance events. I work with some long sprinters too. And then I'm also the recruiting coordinator for the track and field and cross country programs. Awesome. Um, do you want to share a little bit about uh, kind of your background in coaching, where you've been before and anything else like that? Yeah, so this is year eight for me in coaching at the college level. Uh, I went straight from being a college athlete in track and field and cross country uh, straight into coaching. And so I actually ran for a Division II school in Kansas called Emporia State University. Uh, had a good experience there. And then I coached at Emporia State my first year uh, out of college. Was a volunteer coach. Uh, well, technically I, I was paid, but it was $300 for the year. <laughs> so <a> volunteer. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so I could be on the university insurance to drive the team vans. Uh, but then after that first year, I went to Northern Iowa. Uh, I was there for three years, and um, I started off as a, as a volunteer and then eventually became a, a full-time paid assistant uh, before I left. Went to the University of Nebraska. I was there for a few years as a recruiting coordinator, and uh, here I am at Akron. I've been here for a year now, almost a year to the day. Wow, congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so um, if the people that knew you best could describe you in three to five words, what would those words be and why? Um, well, I actually was just looking at my personality assessment um, not too long ago, and uh, honest, hardworking, and uh, my personality assessment said I was an executive style, so I'm very much comfortable in the leadership role. Uh, so those would probably be the best descriptors of me. Those are all good characteristics for a coach. Yes. So, <laughs> is there any quote or concept that has impacted you lately? It could be relevant to coaching or just life in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, one that I I had first heard this maybe three or four years ago. I was at a a church in Texas, and I don't remember what the pastor was preaching on specifically, but he said something along the lines of it takes as long to walk out of the woods as it took to walk into the woods mm. and I've got a couple athletes one in particular that I'm, I'm thinking of on, on the team right now that have been struggling with injuries over the course of the summer uh, just little nagging things that can't seem to go away and and uh, they're on the tail end of a, of a more serious injury that she had last year and, and I told her I said hey Alyssa you know like sometimes it takes as long to walk out of the woods as it took to walk in and mm. I think the generation that we're in right now they want and myself included we want results and we want them pretty fast and you go back a generation or two ago they weren't afraid to work for something over a long period of time before they saw the fruit of their labor uh, or the results from their hard work and so you know especially for athletes battling injuries uh, they really want to get back to their old form as quickly as possible and sometimes it just doesn't happen like that they have to stay patient so uh, that's probably the most impactful thing I can I can think of off the top of my head no that's great and I think consistency 
brings better long-term results than any quick fixes too, which is also good to remember for for anything. Could you share with us your um, kind of biggest motivator for doing what you do? Well, I, I think, you know, every coach is to some extent conditioned to say, oh, I want to impact youth for the greater good of society and, you know, all this. And, and that is true 100%. Like, as a coach, I've got a huge impact on the lives of not only many student-athletes that I work with over the course of my career, but also every single person that their lives impact. You know, I've got an indirect um, touch on, I, I guess. You know, that is one piece of the puzzle. The other piece of the puzzle is the competitive edge. Uh, I got into college athletics because I really loved competing. And the same reason that I got into college athletics is the reason I got into college coaching. I, I love to compete and I want to win. And so that's also a, a big piece of the puzzle. And I, I think a lot of people struggle with the fact that you don't have to think of those as two separate things. You can either have one or you can have the other. You can go for both at the same time. You can want to win and want to achieve at the highest level and also make a positive influence on the lives of, of young people. So um, those are probably my, my two biggest uh, motivating factors for, for what I do and, and why I do it. Um, winning is is obviously the, the big outcome goal, but I think an underlying more impactful goal that, that drives me is uh, reaching your fullest potential. Uh, just using myself as an example, I was not a superstar athlete in high school. I was incredibly average, maybe even I'd say below <laughs> average. I wouldn't have recruited myself. Uh, I was a walk-on uh, all four years, and um, you know. But but what I can say, looking back at my college career, is I did reach my full potential. Like I, I did all the little things right. Uh, I got enough sleep. I ate right. I didn't go out and party. Um, I really, for the knowledge level that I had and the situation I was in, I, I reached my fullest potential, and I'm very proud of that, uh, even though I, I wasn't a national qualifier or anything along those lines. Um, so it, it's the same goal that I have for all my athletes. You know, we might not necessarily win, but we're going to go out and try. We're going to go out and reach our full potential. We're going to go out and figure out exactly where that line is of that's my ceiling. And if that results in a win, awesome. That's even better. If it doesn't result in a win, we can still say, well, we went all in and and we tried our hardest and and this is where uh, we made it. And that's the best that you can do, too. And there's, I think, like peace in that, knowing that you did the best that you could. And I think that's also like not expecting unrealistic things, but some people don't believe in themselves enough or really see what you can do. And as a coach, you can see what they're capable of and sometimes you can help them get there. Yes, so. absolutely. As a, as a kid, was there anyone you looked up to that inspired you in your sport, whether it was a parent, sibling, professional, otherwise? I, I don't know about inspiration for my sport necessarily. Uh, well, I, guess, I guess maybe the most inspiring people for me when I was an athlete were my coaches. Uh, Steve Blocker, he's the head coach at Emporia State University. You know, he had a huge impact on my decision to become a coach. And uh, he's the one that really lit the fire in me that, that wanted to reach my fullest potential as an athlete. Um, so I'm in, incredibly thankful for him in, in my life, him and his wife, Erin. Um, but uh, I'd say the, the most influential figure uh, just in my life in general was probably my grandpa. Um, I lived with him for a good chunk of, of my 
years in college when, when I went home. Um, I spent quite a bit of time with him in high school working on the farm. He had about 220 head of cows and had a <laughs> big cattle operation and, and that was an awesome spot for me to me to grow up and, and he was an awesome person to learn from. He passed away in 2013 uh, but the, the values that I learned from him will for sure last the rest of my life and they've made a huge impact on my coaching career. Mm. Uh, growing up on the farm, you obviously learn a lot about work ethic, and uh, you know that's something that you can take with you whatever you do, whether you're coaching or whether you're a student or whether you're a professional in some other field. Uh, work ethic is super valuable. Um, so, so I would I would say he's probably the the biggest impact on on my uh, my life so far. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Um, work ethic is is becoming a lost a lost art it really is yeah 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 it really is but awesome sure. yeah my high school coach impacted me so much too just i think caring caring about athletes is people first but then also pushing you to your potential and i think um when you genuinely care about somebody the athlete wants to work harder because they see how much the coach cares um and i think coaches can have some of the biggest impact on lives um aside from maybe teachers and parents, but like coaches make such a big difference. They really do. How has running and now coaching changed your life? Well, when I uh, was growing up, I grew up on, a, like I said earlier, a farm and uh, I'm from Illinois originally. Uh, before I left for college, I had only been to three states and I lived in one and I lived within 50 miles of the other two, Missouri oh, wow. and Iowa. And I, hate, I hated traveling. I loved staying at home, working on a farm. Uh, but then I go off to college in Kansas, and as an athlete and now as a coach, I counted it up the other day. I've seen 38 states, and I've been to 15 different countries. Wow. Um, my time at Nebraska, especially, you know, I was recruiting coordinator there and, and got to travel all over many countries in Europe and Africa. And that's how it's, I think, changed my life the most is you know you, you grow up you're in high school you you think the world the world is so small mm -hmm. and then you get out and you start to travel through athletics and through the opportunities that athletics provides and you realize that the world is just so much bigger and it's so diverse and it's so amazing I, I've seen some of the most beautiful things that you can imagine standing on top of a mountain in Switzerland you're overlooking a valley you've got Austria on one side you've got Germany on the other, you're listening to somebody describe how during World War II you could see the American army coming through the valley to, to fight the Germans and and uh, you just realize that the world is so much bigger than than what you've experienced to that point. And I can remember being uh, up in the Rift Valley in Kenya on a recruiting trip and I'm packed in like a little sardine into this van with a bunch of Kenyans. We're heading up to this track and I'm going to watch this, this competition. And you just like you think to yourself, how in the world did I get here? From being a small town Midwest farm kid that didn't like to travel, and now I'm in the Rift Valley, or now I'm on top of a mountain in Switzerland, or uh, you know, I just got back from a recruiting trip. Actually, uh, I went to Sweden. I was there for about 10 days. Went to the under 20 and under 23 European Championships, um, and it's it's just an amazing opportunity that I'm incredibly blessed to have being in college athletics. I'm very appreciative of it, but it's it's certainly changed my outlook on 
on life and, and on the world and, and how we perceive it. But uh, also I'd say, you know, that's the positive end. The negative end, how has coaching changed my life it, financially? Um, <laughs> I might have had more money in high school working on the farm than I do now as, as a coach. And, you know, this will be my eighth year in coaching. And I think I've made right around $80,000 in eight years. Uh, volunteered for a good chunk of my career and um, I, I don't regret it at all you know people don't get into coaching to make a lot of money no. they'll get into coaching because they, they love it yeah and um, and I do love it and I, I don't have any regrets but I definitely could have gone into business or or stayed home on the family farm and, and made a lot more money than I'm I'm making now but it's totally okay 100% worth it oh yeah and you wouldn't have all these experiences you you're having and you wouldn't be able to see all the places you've seen and I think like the quality of life and um, the impact and the experiences you get from coaching far outweighs the monetary value For that sure. you may have exchanged yeah um, absolutely yeah 100% poor poor in money but rich in experience yes yeah very true <laughs> what has been one of your favorite memories in your coaching career it's hard for me to pick one. So mm-hmm. gonna, if it's one okay. of your favorite. You can give several if you want. Can I yeah, yeah, you? yeah. Okay, okay. So just kind of going along my career, you know, Northern Iowa was a really, really special time for me um, in not only my coaching career, but also in my life. And I had some really, really good friendships there. Um, when I first got to Northern Iowa, they hadn't won really anything in, in quite some time. The, the program has a great history, but just being a small piece of their conference championship wins. Uh, in 2016, their women's cross-country team won their first conference title in 16 years. That was super exciting uh, to have recruited some of those girls in. Uh, also, the men's track team won their first title in a decade, and I had recruited a lot of those those athletes in as well. And so uh, that's a, a really near and dear memory for me. Um, also, you know, my time at Nebraska, I, I recruited this one athlete, George Kusha from South Africa uh, in high school, or right after high school, he ran 147 and 358 in a mile, 147 and 800. Uh, so he's one of the best recruits in the world, honestly. Uh, and to see him come in to Nebraska was a national qualifier in cross country as a freshman. Uh, he'd only run cross country a few years. Uh, finished third at the Big Ten Championships behind two uh, All-Americans from Wisconsin. Uh, he went on, broke the school record in the mile indoors, ran sub four, and and you know I uh, just the electric atmosphere that they have at Nebraska, the 5,000 fans standing up on their feet cheering for him. Uh, that, that's pretty cool to see. Um, you know, he went on and was a national qualifier outdoors in the 1500. That was a really good freshman year for George. Uh, and, and then also transitioning to, to Akron now. Uh, I've only been here one year, but it's been a year full of really, really good memories. Um, of course, Mackenzie Andrews, like, she had a phenomenal year. She went from her highest finish at the conference level was third before this last year and and then she wins every single conference race that she's in all five of them she was the indoor most valuable performer with 22 points was the highest point score of any athlete on any team Uh, that's that's really special and she worked incredibly hard to achieve those goals so it's fulfilling for me to to just be a a part of that and to to see that and to see the happiness that she had 
uh, from this year it was really cool. But but not only her, that just the team as a whole. Um, when I took this job at Akron, I, I really wasn't sure what I was getting into because I, I didn't get a chance to meet any of the girls on my interview. Uh, but the culture here and the girls that make up this program, they're, they're first class. And I didn't have to really change much of anything culture-wise. They want to work hard. They want to be good. They've got talent. And uh, just, just seeing them kind of come into their own this year was a, was a really cool memory. Um, I, I think Haley has to. I'll mention her as well. She finished second this year outdoors in the steeplechase. It was only her second time ever doing the event, uh, you know. So that that was pretty special. Uh, Mackenzie crosses the finish line in first. You know, she's throwing up the big Z for Akron, and then she turns around and Haley's crossing the finish line not too far after, and they give each other a huge hug. And that was a really special memory for me for those two to to experience that together. And and then individually for Haley, she had a really tough year last year and especially a tough outdoor season uh, we always take a trip to california uh, for a couple track meets out there she was on that travel roster uh, she actually requested that she not go just because mm -hmm. she was struggling um, with some things and, and it turns out she had really low iron levels that i think were a big cause for a lot of her frustrations this outdoor season but we just made some adjustments to the training made some adjustments to the racing and she ends up having a phenomenal end to her outdoor season, um, which just goes to show you, like, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, mm -hmm. and, and Haley was, was proof of that this season, so, um, you know, there, there's a ton more girls that I could mention on the team, Lizzie Gurko, like, she wasn't even planning on running cross-country last year as a freshman for me at Akron, and she not only runs cross-country, but she finishes top five in, in the conference championships for our team and she finishes top five at the NCAA regional championships um, I mean she's I don't know maybe she wouldn't want me to share this but like she's on the starting line crying right before the race at the regional championships <laughs> and she still is in our top five and makes a huge impact for our team so um, she's got an incredibly bright future a lot of these girls have a really really bright future and I'm excited for year two I, I can't even explain how excited I am for year two yeah yeah I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching the team, and I, I think there's a lot of good things coming for Akron. So, not right. that there already hasn't been good things, but I think there's more to come. Yeah, so. yeah, the best is ahead. Exactly. Could you share with us, um, in your opinion, what is the most difficult part of coaching? As a human being, I think it's human nature to want to be comfortable. Uh, our society is one of comfort, you know, fast food, and we've a remote control sitting in a chair, you know, I mean, just everything about our society screams comfort, and we're always pushing for more and more comfort. And I think that's the biggest enemy for an athlete reaching their fullest potential. You know, that's what I talked about earlier. That's my main goal, not only for myself, but for my athletes, is, is reaching our fullest potential. And so I'm constantly, not, not even knowing it, well, I, I guess I know it, but the athletes a lot of times they don't understand it that human nature says I want to be in my comfort zone uh, a great athlete nature says push out of your comfort zone get into the uncomfortable push for more challenge yourself strive for greatness uh, and, and those things conflict and, and so even without knowing it an athlete can verbalize I want to be great I want to win I want to uh, qualify for nationals but in their heart 
are they really are they really willing to push out of their comfort zone and I think that's the biggest challenge for a coach is my job is to say okay uh, Mackenzie Andrews or Lindsay Scarton or, or whoever it is this is where you are this is where you could be and they like that you know Mackenzie likes to hear you can be a national qualifier but does she really believe it and is she really willing to push out of her comfort zone and okay let's just say she is my job as a coach is to push her even further mm. no matter where she pushes to no matter where any of my athletes push themselves to my job as a coach as a coach is to push them as far as possible obviously without injuring them or or hurting them you know physically emotionally whatever uh, that that's kind of the biggest challenge is is getting them to to dream bigger and think bigger and, and strive for for something bigger than than what they thought was possible exactly and realize what they're capable of yeah 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 no, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh. Like, <laughs> and sometimes I think uh, athletes are afraid to shoot high because they're afraid that they might fail. So it's easier to shoot for somewhere you know that you can achieve, but then you never really achieve what you're capable of. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I think people are in one of two categories. They're either someone that's striving for greatness or excellence, or they're someone that's fearing failure. It's very rare to find someone that's right in between. And going back to the most challenging part of coaching is I'm trying to figure out which side is a person on. Most people mm. are on the fear of failure side. There's very few people that are aggressively seeking excellence. And uh, so I'm trying to split hairs, figure out where people stand, and then that's my job as a coach is to successfully motivate them to, to achieve more than what they thought was possible. Mm. So you're striving for excellence. Oh, for sure. 100%. Okay. Okay. But that's, Good. that's actually really hard. You know, the X's and O's of coaching. All right. What's their VO2 max? What's their aerobic capacity? Uh, how many miles a week are they running? You know, that stuff's pretty cut and dry. All the best programs around the country are doing something really similar. So what sets apart a great program from a good program in my mind is what's going on with the mental side. Mm. What's an athlete think? How does that match up with how someone who's professional runner or an excellent runner how, how does that match up with how they think and what is my role as a coach to motivate them and push them to a higher level of thinking and with that will come a higher level of performances and that's the biggest challenge for a coach it's not the x's and o's it's not the mileage it's not the the physiology that stuff is is concrete that stuff is a fact you know, you need to work on your aerobic capacity if you want to be successful in a 6K or 8K for cross country. Uh, what's not set in stone, what's not concrete, is how a person thinks. And every single person is different. And so now as a coach, I've got to take a team of 10 or 12 girls in cross country and I've got to get them all on the same page, working towards the same goal, despite their individual differences, uh, not only physically, but also in, in the way that they think. Hmm. That's a big challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What is one thing you would like to share with young coaches or athletes that you wish you had learned earlier in your career? I, I struggled a lot with being patient and enjoying the moment. Uh, as a young coach, you know, I've already hinted at it. I didn't, didn't make a lot of money and, and you're trying to cut your teeth and, and, earn some respect and and kind of make a name for yourself and and that's a that's a tough spot to be and and a lot of times I was always you know 
frustrated with where I was at when really I just needed to be enjoying where I was at, trusting where I was at, trusting the process, being patient, and living in the moment. Uh, as a young professional, that's, that's really challenging to do. But as I've transitioned from northern Iowa to Nebraska and now here to Akron, uh, I've mellowed out a lot more. And I'm, you know, not so, not so crazy. It's a conflict because my personality says, oh, I, I really want to be aggressive and, and be excellent and, and do great things. And then the situation I'm in as a volunteer coach, working, you know, the best I can while going to grad school and all these other commitments uh, with work, actual work, uh, you know, those two kind of conflict with each other. And so um, being patient, enjoying the process, that, that's important as a young Being a volunteer coach is tough and you don't make a lot of money and I was a volunteer coach for four years, but I learned so much and I think all those experiences and getting to learn from great coaches like you and Coach Labadee and Coach Hazen um, and my high school coach, I just was able to have so many tools and resources that are then going to be applied to my coaching career and even learning from athletes and observing them seeing how they interact and being a younger coach too you have more more I guess relationships that are closer so in a way you can get closer to the athletes too and just be able to mm -hmm. um, understand them as people um, which you should you can do at any level but being a volunteer coach is cool yeah being paid is also yeah, great it's cooler. <laughs> cooler yeah I, I think too like you know you hit the nail on the head there like that's an opportunity to learn uh, whether you're a volunteer coach and you're frustrated with where you're at, young coach, whatever, or you're an athlete that's experiencing a setback of some sort, it's an opportunity to learn and to grow. And, you know, thinking back early on my career, you know, at, at times maybe I thought I knew everything, uh, which I definitely <laughs> don't. I, I know that now for sure. But uh, some of the best learning experiences were watching others around me Maybe not necessarily do the right thing and have excellence, but do the wrong thing and experience failure. And I could take both examples of someone having success and someone experiencing failure, and I could use that as, as a learning tool for me in my career. That's awesome. And I think with all coaches, everybody has a different approach. Everybody has a different method. And you can be successful with many different approaches and methods. But one thing I've done is like looked at all the coaches I've worked with and I will observe how things work and how things don't and kind of take what I'm gonna use and I'm not gonna use for my own coaching philosophy. And I think even viewing things not as good or bad, but just an observation, like does this work, does this not work? How, how does this interaction work with this kind of athlete or that kind of athlete? Rather than um, some people I think take things emotionally sometimes, but kind of viewing it more in a logical sense um, really helps the development of coaching. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I'll, I'll mention something else, too, that I thought was very impactful early in my coaching career. Uh, Travis Geffert, he's the associate head coach at Tennessee, uh, was a longtime assistant coach at Arkansas and was at Northern Iowa before that. But Travis is someone I really look up to in the profession. Uh, excellent coach, excellent recruiter. But he told me one time, he's like, Trey, big time is wherever you're at. And I think our society is one that everybody wants to get to something bigger and better and the next big thing and the next best thing. And Travis was right on point when he said big time is where you're at. And if that's the type of attitude you have, regardless of where you're at, 
you're going to do some really special things. Mm. In your own words, how would you describe success? I, uh, I think I kind of hinted on it a little bit earlier. It's for me, it's just reaching your fullest potential, uh, wherever that might be. So, um, yeah, as a coach, as an athlete, yeah. and that's all you can do. When you look back on your life in 50 years or more, um, what do you hope your impact to be um, from sport and just in general? It's, you know, obviously there's an impact that's immediate from an athletics standpoint. There's an impact that's immediate from a human standpoint. Um, you know, 50 years down the road, I hope to have a huge coaching tree, mm -hmm. you being one of yeah. them. And, uh, you know, I, I want to have a legacy. I think everybody wants to have a legacy. Everybody wants to, to make a difference. And, you know, kind of big picture here, like, my Christian faith is really important to me. And so when we talk about impact, um, I think every Christian has an obligation to make an eternal impact on the lives of everyone they touch um, because of the environment of working in a public institution you know there's certain limitations on on that you know I'm not necessarily out there preaching to my athletes uh, but there's circumstances come up where it's an open book open door for me to to share my faith uh, with them and I, I think making an internal impact is, is the biggest impact that that I can make um, yeah so, and that's that's yeah. the most important one there is yeah. so um, can you share with us what the upcoming season, any goals, or how you think it's going to go? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, my excitement level's through the roof for this upcoming season. Uh, I've got some really good girls returning, uh, a good nucleus of, of talented individuals. You know, from our top five last year, uh, we've got four of them returning. Uh, Mackenzie Andrews and Haley Hess, they'll be seniors kind of leading the way. Uh, Lindsay Scarton, she's a junior. She made a tremendous difference this last year for our team's success. You know, outdoors, at the Outdoor Conference Championships last year, our women's team won by two and a half points over Central Michigan. And Lindsay Scarton scored three points wow. at the conference meet. So, uh, you know, you could point to a, a multitude of individuals who made a difference, but certainly Lindsay on paper made a huge impact to our team's success last year and you know she hadn't ran the 5k until last outdoor season on the track and she ran 1707 she only ran it two or three times so uh you know i think she's in in shape now to be mid 16s in the 5k you know indoors our school records like 1647 outdoors i think it's 1628 so her and a healthy Alyssa thomas who's also a junior I think they'll have a chance to make a big difference in cross country and, and also would have a good chance at getting the school record in the 5K on the track. Um, besides those four that I just mentioned, uh, also returning in our, our top five from last year's sophomore, Lizzie Gurko. I mentioned her earlier in the podcast. She didn't even consider herself a cross country runner, and, <laughs> and now she's doing 50 miles a week, which is a big personal best for her she's never ran this many miles before so it'll be really interesting to see how her body responds and, and I think she's going to do 
really well. I think she's going to make big strides as a sophomore, not only in cross country, but also on the track. Uh, last year she ran 215.01, just missed making the finals uh. at the conference meet in the 800, her main event. Um, yeah, I could honestly see her running 210 or maybe even a little faster uh, this season. So just having that year of experience, uh, a year more of development, it's really going to suit her well. Um, I'll also mention, you know, just kind of looking forward to this, this upcoming cross-country season and the track season as well. We, we've got a really good recruiting class. I've got eight new girls coming in. Most of them are you know, small-town developmental Ohio girls. Uh, Maddie and McKenna Heimlich from Shelby High School, they're going to be really, really impactful for our program success. Uh, McKenna finished third at the state meet last year, ran 213 in the 800. Um, Morgan Jankowski, she's from right up the road at Berea Mid Park High School. Um, you know, she split 214 on the 4x8. Extremely tough competitor, which is something that's very mm -hmm. hard to coach. You know, when we were earlier in the podcast, we are talking about the mindset of an athlete. She's got the mindset that, that I like, which is aggressive, competitive. Um, you know, I don't have to... I got to hold her back, if anything. Yeah. You know, so that so that's really she, she'll be a great impact for the program success. Um, Olivia Annapol from Sycamore High School down by Cincinnati. Um, when I started recruiting her, she was like an 1145, 3200 girl. And three or four times this past outdoor season, she ran 1103. She oh my goodness! Yeah, it was no, it was phenomenal. She's developed a ton. She's going to develop even more. The stronger she gets, the more experience she gets, and uh, you know she's just she's got a chip on her shoulder too. You know she really wanted to break 11. Mm. She ran 11:03 like three or four times. So I'm excited to see what she does. Um, more more so on the track, but but also still in cross country. We've got uh, Hannah Long coming in. Uh, Hannah's a phenomenal story. Uh, I can't wait to see how her story ends. Uh, she was the Gatorade National High School Athlete of the Year. In 2015, she's from the St. Louis area, uh, went to Stanford. She was one of the high, highest touted recruits coming out of high school in the country. Everybody's trying to get her. Very smart. Uh, she'd run 204 in the 800 and 440 for the mile in high school and was a really good cross-country runner as well, multiple-time Missouri State champion. Um, as a freshman at, at Stanford, she was an NCAA qualifier in cross-country and then she had uh, an injury, pretty serious injury, a stress fracture in her, in her foot. And she had complications with that for the better part of her freshman year. Some more complications with that as a sophomore, had a different, couple different injuries as a junior. Long story short, she, she wanted a fresh start. She's looking to get a master's degree and, and we really had a good connection, I felt like. Uh, she was considering some other top-notch schools, Alabama, Kansas. Um, and, and at the end decided on, on Akron, and we're really glad to have her. She'll make a big difference for our program. Um, she's healthy, she's training really well. I'm excited to see what she can do this fall, and especially in the track season. Uh, I'd say she's more of a, a track girl than a cross country girl. But um, Also uh, coming in for, for this fall in our recruiting class, uh, Varvara Lishkina. Uh, I'm not, I didn't pronounce that last mm -hmm. name correct. I'm still working on that. But. <laughs> Uh, Varvara is from Kazakhstan. Uh, she's Russian heritage. Kazakhstan is a province just south of Russia. It used to be part of the old USSR. Uh, but Varvara, I mean, she's got a ton of talent. And 
in Kazakhstan, there's not many resources. She doesn't have training partners. She doesn't have a lot of opportunities to compete. She still has run 55 in the 400 and 206 Whoa. for the 800. Uh, the 800 is, is her main event. And so she's actually at the Kazakhstan National Championships this weekend. Uh, she just improved her 400 PB yesterday from 55.9 to 55.7. She won the national meet. And today she has the 800 and the 4x4. So we'll see. She's 206 right now, but I she's honestly, she's got the potential to run 204, 205, maybe even 202, 203. I, I think between her and Hannah, they could both be national qualifiers in the 800 next year for the University of Akron. So we shall see. It's a good combination of we've got some talented individuals coming in. Uh, we've also got some more developmental athletes that are coming in. We've got the current girls on the team that are all improving drastically. It's just a, it's a really good combination, not only of athletes, but of human beings. They're all really good girls. They get the job done in the classroom. Uh, I couldn't be more excited about where the program's at right now. Yeah, that's, that's so exciting as a coach. Um, well, thank you so much for being on today and thank you for everything you shared. Um, do you have any closing words? Anything else? No, I really appreciate the invitation, and um, it's been an honor. Thank you awesome. for having me on. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, you can like and subscribe, and, and if you know anybody that would be a great fit or has a cool share, story to share, um, you, can, you can send them to me. My email will be in the bio link. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us, Trey, and until next time.